Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. And so it begins. Technically, it's the second week of the preseason. Hall of Fame game last week, but this was the first full night of football, 12 games last night. I got to watch, obviously, the Texans game, and then I spent a lot of today catching up on everybody else around the league. But the first thing I thought of was that classic, classic, classic Denny Green press conference, because I think the theme would probably be for a lot of the quarterbacks, especially, and a lot of the rookies that we're thinking about. Everybody looked pretty much like you expected and what you thought they were, with a few minor exceptions. So we'll run through most of these games, kind of looking at it from that angle. What did we expect to see? What were we hoping to see? And what did it match up to in terms of our expectations? Denny Green, by the way, was one of the all-time player-friendly coaches, and I, and I mean that in the most positive way ever. I know like guys that played for him said they'd run through a wall for him and super laid back, but in, in that situation where he was talking about when they'd faced the Bears during the preseason and thought they knew what to expect for him, from him uh, and based on how they had played physically in the preseason, doesn't always work that way out during the season. And, and man, that's the hardest thing about evaluating a football team is that some guys just shine during the preseason for whatever reason, and, and they can't translate it into the regular season. Let's start out talking about the Indianapolis Colts, because I think we know how Andrew Luck can operate when he's healthy. question is, how is he after one and a half years of dealing with this shoulder injury, multiple surgeries, all of these things, and it looked for a long time like he just flat out wasn't going to make it back out on the field. Lo and behold, he's out there last night, and I I can't draw any conclusions one way or the other. They were obviously very, very careful with him. Bunch of checkdowns, a bunch of screens. It was pretty obvious that that was the game plan, I think, that let's get the ball out of his hands quickly. And, and I don't know if this was by design or happenstance. All the passes were either to the right with, I think, just a couple down the middle at 15 or 20 yards. So he was working on a, on a pretty limited quadrant and nothing that was going to tax his arm too much. I would imagine over the next couple of weeks, they're going to broaden that. So right now, I don't know for sure exactly how good Andrew Luck's arm is. Uh, we've heard reports about him throwing nice deep balls during practice, and that's all well and good. We know he's capable of doing it. But doing it on an NFL field until we see it, we just flat out don't know what he's going to do. The offensive line, I think... At least when I watch when they're out there with Andrew Luck, I thought they looked good enough. I think Quentin Nelson, as, as much as everybody wanted to 
basically say he was the next Larry Allen after like not even seven days of training camp, like three days into training camp. I'm having to listen to a bunch of people who should know better talk about how just incredible Quentin Nelson is and rookies don't come like this. Like that dude's he's practicing against the Indianapolis Colts. He's not out there practicing against the the all-star studs of the league. He's practicing against the Indianapolis Colts in half pads. So let's give it a moment. I think Quentin Nelson's going to be just fine. I just don't know for sure. And I don't know what the Colts are going to look like this year. A lot of time guards look good and offensive linemen look good during training camp. And then you get into a regular season and people are game planning for you and they figure out your weaknesses. And it takes a little while. I Again, I think Quentin Nelson is going to be really good. But Ryan Kelly, the center there, was kind of disappointing uh, as, as a rookie. And we'll see what becomes of them this year. So Andrew Luck, not what I thought he was, but not not what I thought he was. We just don't know for sure yet. Moving on to the Cleveland Browns and the New York Giants. The Browns, for any of you who care, the Browns beat the Giants 20-10 to 10 in a meaningless preseason game. This is what Baker Mayfield had to say about his performance after the game. Natural thing for me is to try and find throwing lanes. Um, that's just a vision as well. Just trying to, to make sure I have the windows to throw in. And then uh, just the stuff they were running tonight. They had a lot of man coverage, which gives you throwing lanes, but also gives you running lanes. Those guys have their backs turned covering those receivers. And so a couple of those conversions on the short yardage or medium uh, that I was able to pick up with my feet, that's due to the coverage they were running. I think that was a pretty good synopsis of his performance. Baker Mayfield is one of those guys that you don't want to like. And in spite of yourself, you can't help but like him for a combination of factors. One, obviously, his play on the field in college speaks for itself. Two, I I think when you hear the sound bites, or not even the sound bites, kind of when you hear almost other people's criticisms of his behavior, you you get a certain image of him. And I don't think he's that guy. I think he's cocky enough in the right kind of way. But I think we've seen on Hard Knocks here in the last week that he's also got a humble side to him, and he clearly very much cares about what he's doing. Um, And he's going to have to learn a lot, and he's going to have to take his lumps. But the one thing that stood out to me immediately in this game was that he is very calm and patient in the pocket. And it's not like a forced calmness or a forced patience. A lot of times college quarterbacks – especially if the knock on them is that they come from a spread system and they're not pocket quarterbacks or what have you. They're, they're, you can tell that they're standing in the pocket, but they don't really know what they're doing and they're not feeling the pressure around them. I thought Baker Mayfield did a really nice job of subtle pocket movement. When he would feel the pocket breaking down, he'd climb up, he'd take a sidestep and then a step up just to stay away from pressure while he still kept his eyes downfield. He ran for two first downs on his first scoring drive, and I thought they were both the completely appropriate things to do. He he wasn't panicking. He wasn't fleeing the pocket at the first hints of pressure. He did exactly what he's supposed to do. He re- got the first down, ran out of bounds, avoided contact. It was a really good performance against backup defensive players, uh, vanilla schemes, all of that. I get all of that. But I think you saw the very best of what he can do. The one thing I would worry about is that he looked like he tried to create some magic a couple times when there was pressure, when things broke down. He's going to get bit for that at some point. And he'll have to be sure that he learns those lessons, that he takes the, that he takes the good from those lessons. I, I was telling Mike this morning that I think – 
if I'm a Browns fan, I actually want him to throw a couple picks here at some point, get that out of his system really quick so he can see what he can and can't get away with that he might have been able to get away with in college. As far as the Giants go, obviously the big guy that we were looking there is Saquon Barkley. And Saquon Barkley busts out a 30-plus yard run on his very first carry. Looked awesome. I thought he did a a nice job kind of going with the zone blocking, picking his hole, hitting it hard and getting vertical. And did all the things that, you know, Saquon Barkley's able to do. The next four carries got four total yards. And I was listening to the play-by-play commentators from the Giants broadcast, and they thought after that first run, hey, get him out of there, keep him healthy. I'm kind of glad that they didn't, if I'm a Giants fan, because he needs to see, and this is, this is a tough one. Reggie Bush had a hard time with this. You can't just always beat guys to the sideline in the NFL. You're, it, the, the field is effectively a whole lot smaller in a lot of ways. One, because of the hash marks, and two, because the defensive backs, the run support, everything is just that much faster. So he tried to beat guys to the sideline, and it's not going to happen. you got to use all that bulk, all that strength, all those big legs of yours, and just flat out get vertical, son. And I think he'll figure it out. He obviously has a size advantage over a guy like Reggie Bush. I think Reggie was naturally going to be a guy that might try to find the edge or the sideline or the sweep or what have you because he wasn't quite the brute bull that Saquon Barkley can be. I think he'll be just fine. So I, I think Saquon Barkley is who I thought he was because that was one of the knocks on him in college is that he sometimes avoided contact instead of taking the direct, the direct line, the direct route. I, if, if the issue was that he's a coward, then I might worry about it. He doesn't strike me as yellow. This guy's not yellow. He's got, he's got the right sand or whatever phrase they used to use back in the 1950s. Baker Mayfield, I think, same thing. Uh, I, think, I think a lot of people kind of have preconceptions about his style of play that don't really match up with what he actually does. And I would say his touchdown passes, too, were really nice. Um, I, I thought he... Thought he basically threaded the needle with precision and put the ball where only the receiver could get it. All those cliches. I thought he did a good job of it, and I'll, I'll take that. Greg Williams, for whatever it's worth, he's exactly who I thought he was. They started, they blitzed like crazy. The Browns came into this game, and I think Hugh Jackson probably told these guys beforehand, and I've been there before where you're coming off of a bad season. The coaches want you to taste a little success. The coaches want you to feel what it feels like to win. And I think Hugh Jackson, after two years of winning one game, he wants those guys to feel something. So I'll, I'll let Greg Williams off the hook for blitzing as much as he did in a preseason game. Uh, also, for those of you in Houston, nice to see Connor Barron out there for the Giants. He looks fit, as always. If we move on to the San Francisco 49ers, defeating the Dallas Cowboys 24-21 to in that meaningless game. Dak Prescott, uh, I thought he looked fine. No Ezekiel Elliott in the game. Not a whole lot to take from it. Zach, Dak Prescott used his legs really effectively. Uh, wasn't real aggressive in the passing game, and I don't think he can take a whole lot from that performance. Jimmy Garoppolo. This I wanted to watch with keen interest because I noticed on social media during the game that a lot of people were jumping on Jimmy Garoppolo really early, saying that he was missing easy throws. I don't know about easy. I think that they would have been nice throws, and his first two incompletions were to Marquise Goodwin that he just just simply misfired on. One was too high. The other one, there might have been a miscommunication. I think uh, I think Marquise Goodwin came back for the ball when uh, Garoppolo expected him to continue. I don't know exactly, but they were just not good passes. The one thing that sticks out to you is that even on his 
bad passes, his release, uh, just he's got a silky release, and the ball comes out so smoothly and easily, whether he's running, whether he's in the pocket. It's, it's really nice to watch. If you haven't seen a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo, it's fun just aesthetically to watch Jimmy Garoppolo play football. He does a good job. The other thing that I saw was, even though it's in its simplest form right now, Kyle Shanahan's offense and its ability to help out the quarterback with play action, with boot action, it's going to work really well for Jimmy Garoppolo because he's athletic enough to do a lot of the stuff that, that Matt Ryan wouldn't be able to do necessarily. He can do even more than Matt Ryan did. He has that release and that that arm that we talked about. And I think it's just – I get a flashback watching that offense – because I remember Gary Kubiak and what that offense was like. And obviously Shanahan's is different than Kubiak. But I remember what a bind it puts you in as a defense. And I, I, a lot of times people think, hey, you have to run to set up the pass. Or nowadays you're passed to set up the run. In that scheme and with a lot of things of what Kyle Shanahan likes to do, I think what happens is for that scheme to work, the offensive linemen need to be really precise and really good at that blocking scheme that looks a lot, it looks like the exact same blocking scheme, whether it's run or pass. So what ends up happening is if you're doing the scheme right, you're going to run the ball well. And if you're doing the scheme right and you're running the ball well, then it's also going to set the pass up really well. So chicken or the egg, whatever it might be, it looks like they've got the makings of doing everything Kyle Shanahan would want to do, especially if Marquise Goodwin can come along and form a good relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo ends up three for six. Nothing too impressive. I, people might try to make more of it than they should, but I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was what I thought he was, and that should make for a really competitive NFC West. The Green Bay Packers defeat the Tennessee Titans 31-17. to Aaron Rodgers, uh, look... Didn't see anything out of you. Thanks a lot, Danica Patrick, whoever. It seems like it seems like if you're unhappy with Aaron Rodgers, whether he played or not, you're supposed to blame either his family or Olivia Munn, or now at some point, I'm sure, now that he's going out with Danica Patrick, somebody will blame Danica Patrick. I commend Aaron Rodgers for being that good that people need to do those things, which I guess really, it's really... It's a discrimination against single men in this country. If he got married when he was 24 and was just living the Philip Rivers life, can you imagine? Can you imagine if Philip Rivers had been single when he acted the way he did when he was a younger player? If he was a guy that just flipped out and, God forbid, went out and got two or three drinks every now and then, oh, it would be Philip Rivers' his life is in disarray. He's just, you've got to get a control of him. But he got married. He's married, and everybody's got 18 kids, and everybody thinks, well, he must be the salt of the earth. He's just fiery. So Aaron Rodgers, uh, God bless you. I think he's going to be just fine despite his injury issues last year. Marcus Mariota, two for three, 42 yards and a touchdown. He ran for seven yards. Uh, look. He had a pretty damn good night. Not, not an incredible night, but as far as preseason standards go, nice and efficient and scored. And what else more do you want? His pass rating is 149.3. I'm sure he helped the little old lady across the street afterwards. He fed the poor. He made love to a nun. All those great things that, uh, that, that Marcus Mariota does. I don't care. I flat out don't care. I want to see him extend it. But Marcus Mariota seems like a good enough dude. Matt LaFleur is the new offensive coordinator. You'll start to see more and more of exactly what he wants to do. Obviously, he did good things for Jared Goff last year. Can he do the same for Mariota? We shall see. And also, I will grudgingly concede that the new uniforms look pretty cool. I like those new uniforms. The Panthers 
defeated the Buffalo Bills 28-23. to I'm sure many of you saw the video beforehand of Cam Newton coming up to confront, make amends, at least chat with Kelvin Benjamin, who had been critical of Cam Newton uh, in an interview a week or two ago. Kelvin Benjamin jaws at him a little bit and then walks away. I don't know what to make of all of that. I've probably missed further developments in the case today. We shall see. It's always fun with drama with Cam and Kelvin Benjamin and the rest of This is what Sean McDermott had to say about Josh Allen, who's the first-round pick of the Buffalo Bills this year. I thought he did some good things. He, you know, brought, Obviously, you could feel the energy in the crowd. Uh, that first pass, I thought it was a great call by Brian. Um, you know, a good throw, good catch, just out of bounds, you know, so... Um, there, were, there were times, there were some things he needed to work on, but overall I thought he moved the ball at times. Um, good to see him in that two-minute drive as well. That's, that's valuable experience for him. Um, you know, all three quarterbacks I think had a touchdown pass, uh, which was good to see. I watched every one of Josh Allen's passes, and the image that I get is a guy who's trying to hunt hummingbirds with a bazooka. Flying hummingbirds with a bazooka, which is to say that You're going to miss the hummingbird a lot of the times, but when you do hit the hummingbird, it's going to be magnificent uh, or destructive or however you want to look at it. That's what it looks like at times because he's got some of these little speed demons out there that, man, he's got the arm and the power to get to those guys. It's just a matter of can you place it precisely where it needs to be. Some of the success that he had was to his bigger receivers or to tight ends, I think, because those guys ultimately, the accuracy shouldn't theoretically matter as much. They can just put a big paw up in the air and reel it in. Some of the speed that he has on there, I'll be really interested to see how much he can actually take advantage of that big arm of his because he doesn't have the touch on the ball that like a Jay Cutler does. A little bit like Jay Cutler. So far for a young quarterback, I can see that he likes to look at where he's going to throw the ball, see that the guy is open, and then throw it. They call it a see it and throw it quarterback. I wouldn't panic about that if I were his coach right now or if I were a fan or anything. He's a young quarterback that can develop over time. It's just where he is right now. And I think for a guy who routinely passes or completes only 55% of his passes, I think there's going to be a whole lot more of that. I'd be really surprised if he develops into an accurate passer in the NFL. But... Look, there's always room for the old school, and there's always room for a guy with a big arm, and if they can develop the running game around him and play good defense, then I think he can do some pretty scary stuff to him. But, but he'll be maddeningly erratic. The whole, the whole operation from the snap to the drop to the scanning of the field to the pass, it seems really plodding and mechanical. But he's a rookie, like I said, so we'll see what happens. Um, for Bills fans, I would just... I would just caution you to be patient because this could be a long three or four years as he develops. This could be more of a conventional, like in the old days when you thought, hey, Eli Manning, maybe it takes him three or four years to come along, but he's our guy and we're going to stick by him. Try to stick by him. He's He's got talent. His teammates don't particularly seem to hate him despite the Twitter, uh, the tweets that surfaced from earlier in the year. We shall see with Josh Allen. But it is, when it looks pretty, when it's, when it's nice, it's really, really nice. We'll just have to see how it goes. The Houston Texans, 17. The Kansas City Chiefs, 10. Deshaun Watson, more of the same as with a lot of these other guys. Didn't get a whole lot of, uh, lot of opportunity to do a whole lot. It's not good. It's not bad. It just was. Here's what he had to say about coming back from his injury. But even when I was hurt last year and I wasn't, I knew I wasn't playing, 
I, I still got the same butterflies and, and you know, perked myself up like I was playing. So, um, you know, it's just something I've always been doing since I was a little kid. And every time, you know, football season comes around, especially when the games come around, um, I'm always, you know, regardless of how much I'm going to play, um, I always, you know, prepare myself and, and ready to go. And I'll talk a whole lot about the Houston Texans on my radio show and maybe do an extra podcast just for this. But this, for the most part, deceptively fast covers most of the national news. So I apologize to my Houston fans. I'm going to do one Houston podcast per week, most likely. So I will unload most of my thoughts about the Texans on that one. Pat Mahomes was another guy who kind of like a lot of quarterbacks in the preseason didn't do a whole lot in terms of aggressive passing downfield. He was five for seven. He was efficient, but he didn't utilize that ridiculous arm strength. One of the incompletions wasn't really his fault. One was an overthrow of Travis Kelsey, but I think that's the key. And that's what you have to remember is he has Travis Kelsey and a whole bunch of other ridiculously scary offensive weapons. The thing that I'm nervous about if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan is that that offensive line looked horrendous. Like either the Texans backup pass rushers are going to be really, really good this year and the Texans are going to end up having a Philadelphia Eagles style defensive line where you got eight guys that you can just rotate through. And I'm, I'm not opposed to that whatsoever, but maybe that's the case. If it's not the case and the Texans' backups just destroyed the Kansas City offensive line, then that is the last thing in the world you want for your young quarterback, Pat Mahomes, who, as has been well established, has some flaws in his game he's got to iron out. He's got a little bit of a turnover problem this spring. He's going to be working through a lot of stuff. Playing behind that offensive line could get dicey. The Ravens defeated the Los Angeles Rams 33-7. to Oh, my gosh, the Ravens are going to be incredible right now. It's the preseason. Flacco looks fine. Everybody's going to want to look at Lamar Jackson, as they should. I thought Lamar Jackson looked a lot like what's going to happen this year is – he looks like a rookie that went at the end of the first round in terms of the passing game. He's got some work to do in the passing game, but some magnificent highlights with his legs, one in particular that a lot of people are going to see, and that's where it turns into, hey, if the Ravens start off 4-1, and 4-2, and two, and Flacco's playing all right, then it's no big deal. As soon as there's a hint of a 500 season and Lamar Jackson has a few of these highlights laying around and maybe Joe Flacco isn't playing as well, we might have ourselves an old-school quarterback controversy up there in Baltimore, which would be a whole lot of fun. It's fun to watch Lamar Jackson. Every time he steps on the field, there's a sense of anticipation. One other comment I'll make about the Texans, since this is a human interest story that a lot of people around the country know about, David Quesenberry who played a whole bunch of guard last night, is the player who came back from cancer, was out for several years defeating non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He's back full go this year. This is what I'm going to say about David Quesenberry. Um, without giving a full appraisal of him just yet, he did, some, he did some good things in that game. He had a couple glitches that he needs to clean up. But this will be the first year that when I watch him, I'm not thinking of him as a recovering cancer patient. I thought I thought he looked like an NFL caliber athlete out there. And does that mean he's going to make this team? Does that mean that he's going to be a stud? I don't know yet. I got to watch more of him. I got to see how he looks with improvement from week one to week two. But he looks like a guy that maybe you would have drafted this year and now he's in there playing, except that he knows the scheme really well. That That stood out to me that there weren't, there weren't any glitches in the computer in terms of him knowing his assignments, him fitting next to the center, the tackle next to him. Uh, I thought that was really encouraging. So really nice story for David Quesenberry. If you're not familiar with him or know who he is, uh, just Google his name. 
and you'll see a lot of really motivational, interesting stuff. So thank you for listening. If you would like to subscribe, please subscribe. I would love it if you would subscribe. If you'd like to leave a five-star review, that would be really awesome, and I'd appreciate that too. Reach me at Seth at DeceptivelyFast.com if you've got any input or questions or guest suggestions for the podcast. I will be trying to wrap up most of these games during the preseason. Um, Every time there's a batch of games or a Monday night game or anything like that, I'll try to do a follow-up on it the next day. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.